Welcome to the latest episode of Future Ready DSM, the podcast that provides employment information for the Greater Des Moines region. Today, we'll be talking with David Adabianelli, Director of Workforce and Community Development at John Deere and Company. Thanks for joining us today, David. Hey, Marvin, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting us. So, David, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your and your role at John Deere? I work in a role called the Director of Workforce and Community Development, and specifically, what we're focused on is building the workforce and our communities around our local areas within the state of Iowa to include locations within and around the Des Moines area that support our factory in Ankeny. Okay, that's awesome. And so now that we kind of better understand what your role is on a day day in and day out basis, um, can you give us a better understanding of all the great things that you are working on? Can you give us like an overview of all the work-based learning initiatives that are happening at John Deere? Yeah, you bet, Marvin. Certainly uh, will do. So, you know, a couple of years ago, back in 2019, pre-COVID, we, we were having challenges, right, of finding, finding the workforce at our factory locations in our supply base. And we knew that we had to do something differently to attract the future generation of workers into those facilities. And we knew that uh, we we're going to have challenges if we didn't do things differently and finding folks to fill those production and skilled trade roles that support major manufacturing locations throughout the state. Um, so that led to a no- number of key initiatives in our, in our factory locations to include ways to increase the student candidate pipeline, also looking at military transition programs, and giving folks a second chance, and also through programs um, in uh, returning citizens. Okay. You kind of gave us a, a, a range of, of different programming opportunities. So throughout that process, why did, why did John Deere decide to invest so heavily into more of the work-based learning opportunities around the state for, for the youth, particularly around high school? Yeah, we found in that study that the greatest opportunity that we had to influence really the student body of folks that are in high school today and going into community colleges and colleges to make them aware of the potential opportunities that are out there in these great careers around manufacturing. And then also show them a structured path to get there. And that really focuses on the demographic of a high percentage of students that may not go on to complete a four-year degree or may want to try something else, either a certificate, two-year degree, or kind of grow into that four-year degree and looking at it. So it led to two major initiatives that I'd love to talk about today. And that number one was high school registered apprenticeship programs and showing that structured path that students can take to get them the skills, both technically and behavioral competency skills, ready while in high school into the workforce upon graduation. Another key area is around community outreach and growing programs like um, a nationally accredited program, Ignite, where we can introduce students into the basics of advanced manufacturing and give them some different ideas what to think about and maybe potentially lead them into apprentice programs that will help them gain the skills at an earlier age to come and be ready to enter the workforce. About how many uh, apprenticeship programs do you think you have around the state now? 
So Marvin, we're uh, working on this. It's a critical time period over the next two weeks as we uh, get towards the graduation and number of different high schools throughout the state. Right now we're targeting of supporting over 52 new students that will start in high school registered apprenticeship programs across the state at approximately uh, in partnership with nine different high schools programs and focused on the areas of welding, CNC machining, and IT software engineers. One thing I do have to emphasize is that these are not John Deere programs. They're actually high school student registered apprenticeship programs that are sponsored by the high schools, registered with the Department of Labor, and we're a business partner within that program. That's cool. And thank you for that, for that clarification. So you were working in partnership with the high schools. It's not so much John Deere taking this, this on by themselves, but really in partnership step-by-step step with the high schools. Yeah, we found that to be a critical step because that's where the candidates come from, the schools. In the schools, the way that these programs are structured through the Department of Labor are the primary sponsors. So they can be the folks to help get those candidates into these programs. And John Deere, along with many other business partners, can participate in the work-based learning element to help with those competencies and developing those behavioral skills in a workplace environment. So you talked about that, just even around those competencies. So if you could talk a little bit more about the uh, some of the successes you've seen from the high school students, you know, what what sort of what what does success look like for you, for the students who participate in those programs for you? At the end of the day, upon graduation, their senior year success is they are those students are ready to enter the workforce into full time careers, full paying jobs and enter our workforce. And that means that they have the technical skills to be excellent welders in CNC machinists and IT software engineers. And they also have the behavioral skills that make them an outstanding employee that can contribute and add value right away coming into the organization. And doing that successfully by the time they graduate is one of the key successes we've seen with the program by starting early. The program starts um, with the high schools. Um, the students register and compete for apprentice positions, and they'll start their work-based learning opportunity upon completion of their junior year. So that summer between their junior and senior year, they'll spend 40 hours a week for eight to 11 weeks in a work-based learning environment, learning the technical skills, learning the behavioral skills, and being integrated into the business. During their senior year, they'll spend a half a day at school and a half a day at work. And then post-graduation, if they're meeting the technical skills, they can still be in the program and go into full-time employment as long as they meet the criteria at their respective employee. But at that point, most students are already 18 and um, can also have their high school diploma and have the uh, weld and CNC credentials that will uh, and allow them to enter the workforce. That's, that's really cool. And then it sounds like you all have really invested a lot of um, opportunities and even milestones along the way. We all, of course, like to hear about the wins and successes, um, but we also know that there's always a flip side to things. So similarly to the successes and wins, um, what challenges have you encountered in hosting these various programs? You know, 
you're working with high school students, that age demographic. What are some of the, the things you've had to work through? You know, Marvin, we've learned a lot over the last three years as we get these programs going. Some of the technical challenges that we've seen with students, um, and we've made adjustments with each of the schools as part of this partnership with them, is around the sequencing of certain courses. You know, for instance, blueprint reading. We would like to have that done earlier rather than wait for their senior year. So when they come into that work-based learning upon uh, graduation, uh, before graduation, they already have those skills in, in doing that. Some of the challenges that we see, right, are around those behavioral competencies and understanding what it means to show up to work on time and to work together and communicate and be a contributing team member in a continuous improvement environment. And we work with the students on those uh, challenges. And as we gain experience in these types of programs, um, the students are continuing to make those changes and adjustments quicker. You know, the challenge is if I see this long-term uh, for the programs in the sustainability, right? They have to be sustainable on all levels, in all cycles, on both sides, from the input side, from the schools and the candidates coming through, then also on the business side. And some of the challenges are on there are numbers of instructors and qualified instructors to help teach those basic uh, technical skills in those high schools, in the sophomore and junior years. And then also um, the other is uh, gaining business partners to offer opportunities and help overcome all those myths that they hear um, as a business, like they gotta be 18 to work in our factory and under the guidelines of the Department of Labor with child labor laws, you can bring in students into these types of roles, manufacturing roles, down to the age of 16, as long as they're in an apprentice program. That's great information. And, and you know, dropping little nuggets like that, David, um, you know, as we kind of begin to shift towards the end of our conversation for the day, what are, what are some of those recommendations you, you would like to make? you know, for other employers looking to engage in similar strategies with high school students. Of course, I know you don't want as much competition for this pipeline, but those that are thinking and, and you know, sharing out uh, best practices, what, what could you offer other employers looking to do similar processes with these apprenticeships? Marvin, we like the engagement of other businesses and don't think this is competition um, because we know that we have to build that community pipeline of talent to support the manufacturing in our factories across the state. So the more the merrier and some of those challenges uh, around the myths that are out there and we've been able to overcome and work with other businesses to do that. My advice is this, start simple. One student, one business, that's all it takes. Reach out to your local high school and your community college and look for a partnership to build that candidate pool. Start small and then grow, learn and then grow it from there. And that's the way we started here uh, back in 2019 and continue to see great success in growing it. Just got a couple questions left here for you, David. Um, one of the things I always like to ask our guests on the show is um, how important do you feel uh, is diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, right now for the future of our workforce for the region? Marvin, diversity, equity, and inclusion are critical aspects of, of our workforce for the future in our region. We know that we not only have to attract a wide range of talent to get the best talent from the entire 
potential candidate pool to help fill these roles, but we must also retain it. And that's through an inclusive environment that makes every single employee feel welcome, not only at work, but in the community. And we know we don't have enough people to do this type of work in our factories, in our locations, in cities across the state. And providing an inclusive environment and attracting um, diverse candidate pools is going to be critical to our long-term success. So my, always my last part of it is uh, what, what gets you excited about 2022? What, what gets you fired up each day to keep coming back to it? Uh, we're seeing great growth in these programs. We're seeing the student numbers increase dramatically. Marvin, I forgot to tell you, we pay the students All right. along this. <laughs> as, you know, so there's three phases of pay. Um, we're seeing number of businesses understand that they can do this and can help grow our community. And we're seeing other programs continue to grow and really help get folks uh, aware of and show them critical uh, the, the structured path to fantastic careers and opportunities. David, thank you for all the great things that you all are doing at Deer and Company. And we know without you all helping to kind of lead the way, can't really say where we'd be at, you know, in these last three to four years that we've been going through this process. So, so thank you very much for that. Is there any uh, website or information where if students or, or potential schools are, are wanting to find out how they can partner with you, have anything that you could offer them for that today? Marvin, the Iowa Governor's uh, STEM Council Advisory Council has an excellent playbook, and you can find all the details on how to partner in and participate and set up a program, apprentice program like this, at iowastem.org backslash apprenticeships. Or you can also go to the Future Ready Iowa website to find out more information on how to get involved in these programs. And as a business partner and willing to help build these across the communities, factories or different location and, and companies can reach out to my uh, work email. And once again, my name is David Ottavianelli. My email is Ottavianelli, David F. So that's O-T-T-A-V as in Victor, I-A-N-E-L-L-I, David D-A-V-I-D, no spaces, F as in Frank, at johndeer.com. All right. Well, thank you, David. And thank you all for, again, joining us today. And remember, anywhere you download your podcast, that you can find Future Ready DSM. Thank you very much for joining us again, David. And until next time, my friend. Thank you for listening to the Future Ready DSM podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To hear from more leaders and experts on the latest trends in talent development, please visit dsmpartnership.com.